who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Be sure to listen to the end for a message from the author. Sidewalk Audio presents Shadow Magic. A podcast novel by John Lenahan. Read by the author. Chapter 31 Goodbyes We buried Fergal in the family plot next to his great-grandfather. Jared and Dahi sang a lament. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. When it was finished, I was left alone except for about ten imps. They lifted a massive flat rock across two upright stones that stood on either side of the grave. It was just like the dolmens that the ancient Irish chieftains were buried under. That was my idea. I threw a pebble on top for good luck and said, Goodbye. On the way back to the castle, I got a stone in one of my sandals. It hurt, but it made me laugh. I had an image of a ghost of my cousin slipping it in there for a joke. I had buried Fergal in my nikes. Jared and Dahi were standing next to me when I stood up. I don't think my dagger will work in the real world, Dahi said, but it might come in handy anyway. I won't need it, I said. I've got an even better weapon. I cocked my wrist and Fergal's banshee blade, newly equipped with gold wire, dribbled out of my arm and then I missed it. It hung from my sleeve like a child's mitten. I still haven't gotten the hang of it yet. Jared laughed that hearty laugh of his. There is always a beer waiting for you in the house of Mun, Connor. He gave me a bear hug that lifted my feet off the ground. When I got my breath back, he asked, Have you spoken to Essa? No, I said, a little ashamed. Speak to her, at least. I spotted Lorcan outside the castle before I went in. He was supervising the rebuilding of the east wall that had been destroyed by Kilty's gold circle. He had traded in his sword for a straight edge and a hammer. He was an engineer again and looked happy. He climbed down from the scaffolding when he saw me approach. I'm sorry I missed the burial, but I needed to get this done before winter sets in, he said. That's okay. I don't even think Fergal would have minded. 
He was a good man, Connor. I'm sorry. Thanks, I said. I shook his hand. As I walked to the castle, I shouted, Goodbye, Lorkin the Leprechaun. Don't call me that! I smiled. One of his workers, who must have been listening, yelled, Look, it's Lorkin the Leprechaun. Lorkin shook his fist at him, but he didn't look that mad. He wasn't a general anymore, and that suited him just fine. Araf was in the courtyard planting flowers. I'm leaving today, I said. I can't thank you enough for all you did for me. I'll miss you, Araf. He nodded and said, Goodbye. That's all he said. I think I would have been disappointed if he had said more. I hesitated before I knocked on S's door. This was going to be difficult. She stood up like a nervous schoolgirl when I came in and brushed down her dress. She looked fantastic. You're leaving today, she asked. Yes. I wish you wouldn't. It's not because of you, I said, but if I was honest with myself, a lot of it was. I couldn't get over what she had done to me in the chamber. I just didn't think I could trust her again. So, I guess this is goodbye. She threw herself into my arms. I could feel her warm tears fall down my neck. Oh, Connor, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about everything. I know, I said, stroking her hair. I know. Then we kissed. Not counting that attack kiss in the Hall of Knowledge, this was our first real kiss. It almost made me want to stay. Mom, Neve, and Dad were waiting for me in the Room of Spells. Mom explained that this was the most magical charged place in the castle, and she could get me back to the real world from there. Neve's arm was in a sling. I know it was mean of me, but I hoped it hurt like hell. I was wrong, Neve said. I will never again try to force the hand of fate. Well, I'd certainly be a happier guy if you quit the prophecy-fulfilling business. I'm sorry you're leaving. I'd like to be a proper aunt to you. Well, I said, maybe I'll put you back on my Christmas card list if you promise to behave. What is a Christmas card? she asked, as another joke bit the dust. Then she kissed me on the cheek. That is what I really wanted to do when I first saw you, she said, and left me alone with my parents. Mom was wearing her new rune around her neck. It appeared to be made of amber, but it was almost insubstantial. It looked as if you tried to touch it, your hand would pass right through. Engraved on it was a marking that I didn't recognize. No one did. Have you figured out what your rune means? No, she said. When things calm down around here, Oisin and I will organize an expedition to see if there is any new land. If it's your land, Mom, then I know it will be wonderful. Mom, 
hugged me even harder than Essa. Uh, I only just got you back. These women who were so strong in battle were killing me with just their tears. I know, Mom, I said. But I... She pushed me back and wiped her eyes. No, no, you don't have to explain. You have to make your own way. She wasn't the first mother to have to say that. Here, I have a present for you. She picked up a velvet bag and took out two Owen slates and handed one to me. Write to me. I looked down at the wood-framed sheet of gold. Will it work? She smiled. My mother is the most beautiful woman in the land. In any land. It's worth a try, she said. I embraced her again. I thought my heart was going to break. My father stood in front of me, all of him, right hand included. This was going to take some getting used to. He looked ten years younger, a picture of vitality, in his royal clothes, standing in his castle. For the first time, I remember, he looked like he belonged somewhere. You know, you look great, Pop. Deirdre here thinks I have my immortality back. We'll see. What about Kielty? I asked. We'll find him, and if not, I'm sure he will find us. Maybe he didn't survive. Maybe, but if I know my brother, he probably did. He put on his concerned father look. There's nothing back there for you, he said. This is your home. I think, Dad, I have to find that out for myself. Boy, had things changed. He didn't even try to argue with me. His face softened, then he said, I guess you're right. Dad, I want to thank you. Not just for the recent stuff, but for everything. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change a thing. I'm proud of you, son. And then we did something that I never thought would happen. We shook hands. I woke up on the floor of my living room. I was back. I was back in the real world. And it amazed me how fast real world concerns flooded into my brain. Believe it or not, it was the first time I wondered just what the heck was I going to tell Sally, or anybody for that matter. I pushed those problems aside for a minute and stood up. The room was completely trashed. The tables and chairs were mostly smashed. There was a horrible odor that I soon discovered came from a pile of horse dung behind an overturned sofa. I surveyed the disaster and almost said out loud, There's no place like home. There wasn't anybody around to hear it, and nobody ever gets my jokes anyway.
That is the final chapter of Shadow Magic, a podcast novel by me, John Lenahan. This book is dedicated to my son, Finbar, of whom I am exceedingly proud. Thanks again to Lunasa for the music. Visit their website at www.lunasa.ie. More information about me or Shadow Magic, have a look at www.shadowmagic.co.uk. Thank you all very much for listening. Hello, it's me, John Lenahan again. Thank you so much for making it to the end of Shadow Magic. I really do appreciate it. I'm going to do one more broadcast in about a month or so, answering some of your questions about the mythology of Shadow Magic. If you have any questions, do email me, and I'll give you news on other things as well. But again, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for your emails. They've meant a lot to me. Cheers.